so I was stepping into the shower this morning. Uh, sorry for the visual, everybody. Uh, stepping into the shower. Oh, I'll bring Damon. Chris, that got uncomfortable. So, hey guys, I was getting in the shower this morning after a three-mile run, which isn't the point of the story, but I did want you to know, know that around 5 a.m. Anyway, and I'm wetting myself, but not like in an inappropriate way. Just like, what's the pre-rinse? Is it called a pre-rinse, Dame? This is getting worse. No, yeah, you know what I yeah, mean. Let's go. Let's go. With pre, pre, what were you rinsing yourself before you well, rinse yourself? Well, no, it's you're either wetting yourself, <laughs> getting wet in the shower. Like, what do you do before you soap up? What is that called? What's that period rinse. of time called? That's not a pre. It's not a rinse. What are you rinsing? There's, it's a it's a pre rinse or a wedding. Uh, let's soaking? go with wedding. I like wet. Let's go with wedding. It's so it's not soaking. All right, so I'm wetting myself in the shower, which is how to cure athletes' foot, oddly too. But anyway, I'm I'm wetting myself in the shower, and I look down to grab my soap, and I'm thinking, okay, it's gonna be some Irish Spring, some Lever 2000, some Dove, something traditional. And every once in a while, Mrs. Planner puts like a like a artisan soap in there, right? Mm-hmm. So I, every time I'm like, oh, what, what what am I gonna smell like today? So I start lathering up the 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 temple here, and uh, it's cinnamon soap. I smell like Christmas today. If you came up to me, Dame, and nuzzled into my neck today, I smell like cin- I smell like fireball. <laughs> Which is weird. Like I've got a, I've got a lot of responsible things today, and I smell like cinnamon whiskey. Man, that's Kristen. Here's the thing: it really smells like though. Uh, when I was a kid, we had a bathroom spray that was cinnamon flavored, mm-hmm. in like our half bath. And so when you'd use the spray, you people know when you use the spray, then it smelled of that, and it, that memory just came rushing back to me as I was trying to clean myself in the shower. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Are you a uh, a bar soap family? Yeah. Interesting. Well, uh, Mrs. Planner uh, and I are, uh, I think the kids might be gels. I don't know. What are you? What I mean, is this too intimate? I, unless we're talking about application, no, but. Yeah. Uh, do you use a loofah? Yeah, I do. <laughs> a little exfoliation. <laughs> uh, I don't, I, I'm not comfortable asking Kristen what she No, let's just skip that one. Okay. Yeah, this is a financial show. Um, okay. Look, I know I got some problems. About a thousand memories I got to forget. But if I'm going to solve them, maybe I'll take all the help I can get. Who was that from? I thought I'd make a Morgan Whalen reference to you guys today just to surprise you. <laughs> I'm in shock. I did that on purpose. I set up the whole story that just was... so I could deliver that line in a mediocre way. I'm impressed. <laughs> Oh, hi. We were off last week, uh, so your life was a little better. Um, b- both as the co-host and the listener, your life was better last week because we didn't have a show. Uh, Kristen, how's your life? How's it going? It's better now. Thank you for asking. Yes. Uh, Kristen almost was unable to join us this week, Dame. Uh, a little landscaping incident nearly took down the flagship. Can you help us understand what you've heard, Dame? I understand it was all hands on deck uh, or in the dirt, whatever you want to say, but there was uh, a shortage of internets at Kristen's house. 
Kristen chopped her internet cable in half and then uh, had it replaced by a, a young man. Uh, thank God for him. What was his name? <laughs> you don't know the technician's name that kept our show on the air? No, 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 no. It, I don't because I thought he said Caleb and it wasn't. It was like almost like Caleb, but I still didn't understand what he said the second time. And I didn't feel like I could ask a third time. So it's a name like Caleb, but it so, wasn't. So pro tip here, Kristen, you could have just said any name and we never would have known. And I he know, would have but... like a complete genius. And he's not going to listen to this show, so he never would have known. So... You just say it. Does he use bar soap or gel? Mm. Okay, here's what's on the show this week. We are going to play a little game. A little is it a game? It's a thing. It's a it's a it's a it's a bit. It is what is your least favorite financial metric, and what is your favorite financial metric? Uh, the three experts on the show, or shall I say, the two experts and me, will go around and we will uh, share those thoughts with you. We will also possibly talk about the debt ceiling today, although potentially that becomes. Uh, uh, pointless if the deal is signed in the next couple of days. We'll also talk about a new study that just came out that said 43% of Americans, only 43% of Americans have confidence in their ability to retire. So uh, we'll talk about that. And then so much more. Are you guys ready to start the show? Ready. Let's go. I know people feel traumatized by the whole soaping incident of 2023. <laughs> What's your preferred scent when you get out of the shower? What do you want to smell like, Dame? Like, I bet you want to smell like cedar and like a light tar. Mm, you know, pine forest, you know, something like that. Yeah. You know, yeah, that'd be great. I also don't want to ask this question of Kristen. <laughs> like, I want, like, it just not feels... tar. <laughs> okay, yeah. not tar. Yeah. I like, I'm just back to lavender. I would just rather just always smell like lavender. See, I, I like vanilla, but you know you, you had mentioned Irish Spring earlier, and mm. it's it's been a hot minute since I've gotten a good whiff of Irish Spring. I think oh, that might be it nice. Smells so good. Okay, uh, let's do a show. My parents are so proud of me. I'm sure they are. You got to think so. You got to keep telling yourself that at least. In three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner Show. We answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. Email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com, and we will answer your questions sometimes. Joining me, as always, is Kristen Alanius, the Director of Education at Your Money Line, and Damian Dunn, Vice President of Advice at Your Money Line. Hello, folks. Hello. Good day, Pete. Memorial Day weekend in central Indiana, which means on our flagship station, WIBC, no one's hearing this because we're preempted by the Indy 500. Yeah. On Network Indiana, uh, good day to you because we don't know when you're listening. Uh, and to our podcast listeners, congrats on being top of the uh, part of the 1% top podcast in the world. Dame, there are a lot of financial metrics out there, right? There are, indeed. Like if you go up to someone on the street, and you're like, hey, man, I don't know why you use that voice, but let's say you did. Hey, man, what, how's it going financially? Uh, someone is, is making an evaluation about your question based on a feel, but, but sometimes a metric that they view to be important. Sometimes that metric might be their income. It might be their bank balance. It might be more specified or mm -hmm. uh, specialized things like uh, net worth or credit score, whatever. So today we're going to talk about what is your favorite metric and what is your least favorite method, uh, metric? I can talk today. 
to evaluate a person's financial life. So let's begin with the negative because that's Ooh, how we right roll. Ooh. What is your least favorite financial metric? We're going to begin with youthfulness and spirit. Kristen? <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say it first and then I will defend my position. I think that it's net worth. Okay, net worth, net worth. Do we want to go around and, and then get them out and then defend? Ooh, okay. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, sure, let's do that. All right, um, Damian Andrew Dunn from the North. Should I give my uh, address and social security number so people can just go ahead and complete the uh, financial hacking of my life? Or Okay. Uh, I put it in the show notes. Thank you. Uh, the worst metric uh, is, I don't know if you'd even consider it a metric, but judging your financial acumen or whatever we're going to call it by your retirement balance, I think is a big mistake. Okay. And I'm going with credit score. Okay. So Kristen, well, first of all, Dame, do we, do we disagree with Kristen? I, I'm going to say, I kind of disagree with Kristen. I wouldn't even put it in my top bottom five, top bottom five. I think I think what we're going to run into here is on both sides of the aisle, except for one specific answer, because I already know what it's going to be and we all would have chosen it. But since whatever, uh, we could all poke holes in in everybody's choices here. I, I, I So I, I think there's going to be some that are better, some that are worse, and it's it's not going to be quite as clean cut as we would hope it would be net worth for the worst financial metric to judge your uh, financial life by, I think is a very interesting choice. And I'm waiting to hear how Kristen defends herself. Kristen. Okay. What does it, I know what it tells you, but what can you do with that information alone? <clears throat> it's a fair question. It's a sort of a point of time. Yeah. It is a, okay, what am I going to do about it? And, yeah, you're like, okay, my net worth is like you maybe you hit milestones and that's exciting, but without other ratios, other numbers, other information, I I don't really see a whole lot of value in it. Well, a couple things. Any piece of data you could say the same thing about. I mean, you literally could make that argument about any piece of data, but I would say to argue with you in a very <laughs> professional way, but with love, is on one level, what you would want to do is compare it with your income and, 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 and sort of have those play off of each other or your age and how much money you've earned in your career. Or if it's negative, why? So I, I think it's with all these metrics, it's um, what questions do they beg? And so, uh, so beyond it being a point in time, Kristen, mm -hmm. do you f are you thinking more of a positive net worth is uninformative or when you think about this idea being uninformative, are you thinking more for people with a negative net worth? I think maybe negative and that could be just my bias at the point that I am in my career and my co like my friends in my circle. I can think of a lot of people in my life who net worth would make them feel like they were really off track but I don't think that it captures their reality accurately. So for those people who I, who it does make sense for them to use it, I love it, but I don't think that that group of people is enough. On the off chance that someone's riding around in their car with their family and they got a young teen in the car with them, number one, I apologize for the inappropriate jokes that will eventually come. Uh, number two, net worth are your assets 
minus your debts. And so what you get there at the end is your net worth. If you have more assets than debts, you're gonna have a positive net worth. If you have more debts than assets, you're gonna have a negative net worth. Dame, any reflection on Kristen's uh, thoughts here? I, I think net worth is an interesting tracking tool. I, I, it's not something that I personally focus on much on a, a day-to-day, certainly not day-to-day, but maybe even quarter to quarter. I just know that it's something that I'm going to keep tabs on and see how things are going. But there's so many things that are out of my control that influence net worth that it it makes it um, a potential metric to look at that could be inadvertently uh, discouraging uh, just because you, I mean, if you looked at your net worth um, before, you know, a year before the pandemic and right as it started, you didn't do a darn thing about it, but you had a massive change in your net worth. Was that necessarily a reason to throw flags up in the air and say, it's all burning down. We got to figure something out because my net worth is dropping. Well, we found out, no, it's not. So it's, it's just another number, another way to judge how you are doing. And, and like I said, hopefully on a long-term basis, you're using that information to just set benchmarks as you're going. I think none of these should ever be viewed as an in isolation point of time. They should always be tracked over time. Kristen, I'm curious, do you calculate your net worth on at least an annual basis? Yes. Okay. Damien? Mm. Yeah, me too. Okay. Dame, there. by the way, there are no bad answers here. <laughs> yeah, there are. <laughs> Other than Kristen's, there are not a single... No, I'm just kidding. Dame, retirement account balance. Yeah, I don't like... So uh, there, there is a lot of comfort that can be uh, uh, assumed when you look at a retirement account balance if it's where you think it needs to be, but that doesn't tell you very much at all. How dependent are you on that income? Uh, how is it invested? How... Uh, uh, what's the longevity of of that fund set up to be? It can be uh, almost a, in my opinion, uh, a set of false sense of hope uh, for you if if you look at it and you've got this number in your mind. You know whether it's the 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 million dollars or or whatever that most people have set up. Million dollars is great. It may not be anywhere close to what you actually need in, in reality, and you may be setting yourself up for a much bigger problem in retirement if you aren't well aware of where that number needs to be we need to do a show it needs to take we need all the whole show to have because it's a very difficult topic to talk about appropriately and the topic is why one million dollars isn't a lot of money Mm -hmm. and i can feel the email and the privilege accusations flowing can we do that in the next couple weeks i mean that's an entire show if you guys want to do it next week that'd be great (laughs) when you're out (laughs) Lovely. Uh, Dame, do you check your retirement account balance at least once a year? Yeah, once a year. Kristen? I check it like once a week. Okay, and I check mine at least once a year. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Coming up after the break, I'm going to tell you specifically why a credit score is the worst financial metric of all time. And we will begin my argument this way. Kristen, do you check your credit score at least once a year? not intentionally dame no me neither and that's why i'm right so (laughs) coming up right after the break i'm going to tell you specifically why none of us check it and because we know what we're talking about and you should stop checking your credit score as well i'm pete the planner and this is the pete the planner show lay down the gauntlet 
laid it down. I, I will be happy to point out that Kristen knew exactly what your best and worst were going to be when we were kicking around ideas. Of course and, she does. She knows yeah. everything. She knows everything about uh, everything other than guessing biggest waste of money of the week. Mm-hmm. And this week, she's going to fall flat on her face. <laughs> Great. Awesome. <laughs> uh, you guys, I have not talked to you much. Although I saw you on Monday. It was mm-hmm. so good to see you. It was sort of in passing, unfortunately. Uh, no one passed. You know what I mean? Like, no one died. But it was in passing. Because you see someone passed. Right. It means they're dead. But we're a lot here. Yeah. I forgot to tell you. I, I neglected to tell you. I've, I've not been able to tell you. Um our show may be getting a sponsor. What? What? Yeah. I and and now I can't tell you anything else about it. <laughs> on the on the air. I'll tell you off the air. Are, are um, we get are we gonna get like cool shirts that we have to wear or like a sleep number bed that we have to we have to <laughs> out to, to say like this is our number on the show and all that fun stuff? What if it's like a a, a head razor? <laughs> like uh, okay. I mean, but if you say that's great, I've I've got direct use for that. When's Kristen gonna be a team player and get with the program if we have the head razor sponsor? What? What? No. Natalie Portman in that one movie shaved her head and she looked amazing. Kristen, come on. Natalie Portman's net worth is much greater than mine. Oh, but that's a horrible way to judge your financial life. Yeah, I, I wonder what her credit score is. Uh, you know, I should do a website, celebrity credit scores. <laughs> you would click on that, right? I absolutely I would. Okay, is, yes, it, would. is it rude to like, yeah, that's rude. Never mind. We're not going to do that. We were going to be like, who, what celebrity has the worst credit score? Like that's a terrible thing to do. We shouldn't joke about people's financial malfeasance. Um, you guys want to hear an awkward moment that occurred to me uh, occurred uh, to me uh, earlier this week? Always. Mm-hmm. It was yesterday, maybe. Uh, I go out in our parking lot here. Um, oh, Julie Penkins is listening, ladies and gentlemen. Yay. Oh my gosh! Hi, Julie. How are you? Good to see you. I'm going to use this voice for no reason. Okay. I go on our parking lot and a convertible bright red Ferrari is being backed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a woman driving it. Probably. I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing women's ages is a terrible yeah, idea, <laughs> but likely a, a, a dame our age or a little, uh, or older, okay. a little bit older. Okay. okay. Definitely. A blonding that came with chemicals. I mean, like mm-hmm. this is feeling judgmental, but I'm trying to paint the picture. Okay. Okay. I shouldn't have started this way, but but here's where I'm going. I'm following this person who happens to be a woman of a certain age with a certain hair situation. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I would love to know the story. Just then, like this really nice Porsche passes me, and it's a guy driving it. I'm thinking, man, I, I want to know that story. Like, why is that person driving that car and that person driving that car? Then a Hyundai Elantra passes me. I look over at it and I was like, I actually don't care what that person's story is. <laughs> is that wrong that I wanted to know the story of the Ferrari driver and the Porsche driver? But then a Hyundai goes by and it's like, I don't care. It's probably going to get stolen anyway. Like, is that rude or is it honest? Uh, I, I think you're just chasing the more likely interesting story in your journalistic mind. 
Thank you. Kristen, am I rude or am I a journalist? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're honest. Yeah. I mean, I'm not necessarily intrigued by wealth, but I'm intrigued by the story which led to the wealth. Have you, uh, have you, there's a channel, that's not a channel. Uh, there's a person on TikTok and they may have bled no. into other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, uh, he runs up to car windows. Oh, yeah. People who are driving nice cars, Daniel Mack, and he says, Hey, great car. Do you mind telling me what you do? And if they engage, he kind of goes a little bit deeper and says, Hey, what tips do you have for somebody who would love to drive a car like this based off of your profession? And sometimes there are some fun little stories there. Absolutely. I, I'm picturing you as the uh, middle-aged Daniel Mack. Why we, is he not middle-aged? No, he's in his 20s. No. <laughs> uh, I was doing a, uh, a news hit this morning on News Nation, and uh, it occurred to me, I came up with a new line that I thought was pretty funny. Uh, we're talking about early retirement, and I said, I- I'm an expert. In fact, my hairline retired early. That's pretty funny. It's sort of a one-liner. It's on the news. I mean, it's not. It's, I'm not exactly at Crackers or Caroline's. Yeah. It's an easy audience. People are eating their Cheerios. I'm telling yuck yucks. It's yeah. Good. yeah. <laughs> uh, my hairline retired, Arla. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's cheap. I mean, it's it is a cheap laugh, and the worst part is it's one that I will now use forever. Did the host laugh? Yeah, but I mean, she's paid to laugh. Like she's paid to make me seem interesting. <laughs> She was nice. Kelly something. Oh, I, don't know. I, I love her. You could have just made up her last name. And, and we never would have known. known. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show, talking the worst financial metrics to measure yourself by. If you missed the first segment, what were you been doing? Uh, go to the Pete the Planner podcast or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to the first segment, but I'll recap it for you to save you the time. Kristen says net worth. Dame says retirement account balance. And I let the cat out of the bag. And I said credit scores. Kristen, I want to tell you a little story. You up for it? Yeah, of course. Years ago, when I had hair, I was in Chicago, the windy city. I got done speaking. And a guy comes up to me afterwards. He said, Pete, great job. I was like, I know. He said, I have a credit score question for you. I was like, okay, okay. And he goes, well, here, here's my thing. I got $90,000 in credit card debt. I have uh, $4,000 a month minimum payment. Um, but I have a 780 point credit score. Am I in a bad situation or not? And, and this guy made less than $200,000 a year, okay? That is a terrible metric. That was higher than my credit score. And I had $0 in debt, zero minimum payment, and was in a much better position. But the credit bureau said, this person is financially healthier. This person is a better credit risk than me. Dame, I've also closed a credit card that I wasn't using and my credit score went down. Mm -hmm. Dame, I have at one time in a previous life, like a cat, I'm on life three. I increased a credit limit Mm -hmm. when I had a credit balance. So my usage ratio went down. So I have access to more credit and my credit score went up. Mm -hmm. These are all dumb things, which lead me to say, your credit score is a horrible measure. Of your financial health. Kristen, beat that up. 
I don't disagree in the examples that you are giving, but I think that when someone has a bad credit score, it can be a good metric because it's so many other things in your life rely on you like having a like a good or a great credit score. All right. I mean, I know I'm picking specifics, right? Sure. So which is unfair, right? But but let's say let's we'll make up a person here. Let's say this person's name is Carrie Melanius. Okay, so it's Carrie Melanius, and she has a 500 point credit score, and she is renting, and she just uh, had a tough financial time, but she's got an emergency fund. She has no current debts. And she is saving money for the future. She's healthy. She just had a bad event and therefore she looks like a credit risk. I, I, I view it almost wholly misrepresentative of a person's actual financial stability. Damien, do you, any, any nuance there? Uh, I mean, if we look at what credit scores are made up of, uh, the, the two biggest components are Kristen. Do you pay your bills on time? And yep. how much credit do you use? Very as good. a percentage of what's available. Very good. So I, I would have answered that wrong, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of threw oh, me yeah, off. Go ahead. Yeah. He quizzes me like that. <laughs> like, I don't oh, like when he does that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So those are the two biggest things. If we can get those under control, because if you're not using very much of that credit, chances are you might be using dollars in a effective way outside of that because you're not racking up debt, and it's it's likely that your credit score is going to be making good progress towards a higher score if you have just those two things under control. Um, I agree. I, I don't like when people say, "Well, I've got a you know seven whatever credit score. I'm I'm in great shape." That uh, no, may, maybe may, maybe not. May, may have not have anything to do with that credit score. But we do know based off of the two big motivating factors or driving factors of credit score that if it's trending in the right direction or is maybe even reasonable. Um, there might be some really good things going on in your life or at least um, consistent and stabilizing things going on in your financial life. Not a full sure thing, but it could be. Yeah, the other weird thing is, and this was, this is nuanced too, Dane, based on uh, we're the same age and our lives are, are similar in this way. Um, your, your household owns a business. Mm -hmm. uh, my household owns a business. Mm -hmm. So our credit worthiness is important. Yeah. However, let's say that we didn't own businesses, but we had the same financial standing that we have. Our credit worthiness actually wouldn't matter at our age because you and I would never borrow money again ever for the rest of our lives. So that's 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 the other. I, I'm cherry picking, right? I'm cheating by having these special examples. Now let's go turn it on its head. Best metric to measure your financial life. We're going to go around round robin. We're going to be quicker this round. Kristen, what is your metric? Real rate of return. Real rate of return. Wow. Excited to wow. hear that. Wow. I don't get, do we have time to explain what that is to me? <laughs> or am I going to have to like chat PTP it and find out yeah. what it is? Dan, what about you? Uh, debt to income ratio, because it was the closest thing I could think of to the one that I really wanted to pick, which is <laughs> Pete's choice. Power percentage is yes. mine. Of course, I choose one that I created. So uh, we call that narcissism in the biz. Kristen, what did you choose? Real rate of return? Yeah, so your inflation adjusted rate of return. Because if you're saving, you could be saving 10% for retirement, but you're terrified of the market and you have your investments in cash equivalents, are you really saving enough for retirement? And I think people kind of, once you put the money in the account sometimes, you take a step back and you're like, well, oh, doing good. And it's like, 
what we have to, we see that all the time on the line is like, well, did you take that extra step to look into what it's invested in? I have a dumb question. Kristen will know the answer. And if she doesn't, Dame actually probably won't either. Kristen, are is that net investment fees as well? Real rate of return? Or would you just have to say real rate of return, net investment fees? I don't think that it is. I think it's just inflation adjusted because the formula doesn't take in, doesn't have investment fees in it. I, I love what you've said, real rate of return. It's hard to even try to poke holes in it. Dame, what could be more interesting is to net in investment fees on top of that. Of course. Yeah. Kristen, so far you're the leader in the clubhouse. Right on. Dame, talk to us about why debt to income ratio is good for you. I, I feel like it's making sure you are uh, spending your money in a very efficient way, that you are not racking up tons and tons of debt and spending your money paying down uh, that that money that you've already borrowed and racking up interest and whatever else is going on and preventing you from doing other really great stuff, building an emergency fund, saving for retirement, saving for your kid's education, whatever that case may be. Because if, uh, if you're spending money on stuff you've already bought, you're not being able you're not able to use that money to build for your future. A debt to income ratio general rule of thumb is to keep your overall debt to income ratio at or below 43%. So is it saying the percentage of your income that goes to pay on those debts? Is that what that is? Yeah, it's monthly. Okay. Um, mine's power percentage, which was this thing that came up a few years ago where it basically says how much of your take home pay Actually, how much of your income, gross income, is going to increase your net worth? So that might include a mortgage payment because as you pay down principal, it goes up. It might include a debt payment, which makes your income or your net worth go up. It might include uh, 401k contributions, saving to an investment account, a bunch of different things. Uh, and, and I've just... I created it for myself because Mrs. Planner busted my chops at an annual money dinner uh, several years ago. Uh, she said, uh, how do we do this year? And I said, well, we saved uh, X dollars, uh, uh, X numbers of dollars more. She go, well, how about from a percentage standpoint? And I was like, yeah, let me get back to you. And so then it just led to this idea that sometimes we think we're doing better, but we're really not. And that's why I stand by the assertion that when most people get a pay raise, this is this is a hot take, be ready. When most people get a pay raise, it actually takes them further away from their retirement goals. Oh. Isn't that a hot take? Hot take. That might be another show. That could be an entire show. Oof. But we don't have time for it now. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and talk about something else. And it'll be interesting. It'll be clever. And it will be captured on the Pete the Planner podcast, which you can download wherever podcasts are downloaded. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the Pete the Planner Show. How many times can I say Pete the Planner in a row? Pete the Planner, Pete the Planner. Can't one, two. Not, not many. Yeah. Kristen, yeah. have you ever seen the original <laughs> White Men Can't Jump movie? <laughs> yeah, and I the, I got done watching it. Never mind. Yes. The original? <laughs> yeah. Okay, judge in a moment. We're just, just, just gathering data. Okay. Dave. Yes, of course. Yeah. First R movie I ever saw in the theaters with my boys. We went, okay. our, our moms let us go. And <laughs> possibly one of the most iconic moments of my life, just seeing it, it the, from a culture standpoint of wh where I, I was 13-ish. I don't know. Yeah, when it, that was about right. 
It was amazing. And I loved it so much. And Kristen, your thoughts on this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. It's okay. I um I got I'm not a movie person. Okay. So we'll just yeah. let we'll get that out there. Sure. I've not name a movie. I guarantee I haven't seen it. Shawshank Redemption. Haven't seen it. Okay. And um I got done watching it and I said that is two hours of my life that I'm never gonna get back. <sighs> Okay. I, would expect, I would expect that from her, though. Yeah, it's fair, right? Like, I, I get that. Okay, so it, it was with great trepidation that this morning at 3.30 when I couldn't sleep, I went downstairs and started watching the remake of White Men Can't Jump uh, on Hulu, uh, starring none other than Jack Harlow uh, as the, the white man. And uh, if you don't know, Jack Harlow is a, a hip-hop artist from Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I... I Fancy him a, a talented musician. Uh, love, I love the original. Terrified because I read the reviews of the remake. Dame, I liked it. I liked really? it. Did you watch it? No. I liked it. <laughs> Here's the other thing. I told you this about a year and a half ago on the show. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, one of my favorite shows right, ever. Yeah. Watch the remake. I liked it. But I hate remakes, so I don't know like what to make of that. Is it just that age of my life? Did they capture me in that 13-year-old window where I'm like, man, I felt cool about myself. Now I'm a dad. And so am I just like thinking about nostalgia? See, I I would tend to go the other way, thinking that, you know, I've I've got that that piece locked away. And I remember how good I liked it, or how much I liked it, how good it felt. And remakes I, I just I can't go there. I, I don't. I don't want that to tarnish anything that I've got locked away. I mean, yeah, Chris. I'm not saying it was a good movie. I'm just saying like I didn't bother me. But I mean, again, three thirty. That's true. I was like, couldn't sleep. What's my? What's your current sleeping sound? You listen to what? Stre stretching for your run. Yeah, right. <laughs> Do you listen to sleeping sounds, Kristen? Um, the King of Queens. What? I'm, it's a, it's a, it's a, a sitcom. sitcom. I understand that. You, I fall asleep with the King of Queens usually. What? <laughs> if you would have given me six billion guesses, <laughs> wouldn't come up with that. That's, that might be the most shocking thing ever said on this program in nearly 500 episodes is, what do you fall asleep to? King of Queens. I... I don't even know what his name is. Paul Blart Malkop. Mal What's his actual name? Kevin, Kevin James. Kevin James. I like him. Wow. It's See, supposed to be a funny show. You're supposed to be funny. laughing. Uh, so how do you try and laugh when you're falling asleep? Dame, it, what is your... Oh, sorry. Uh, I was just gonna, it's, all, it's always the same. That's. I mean, the, the plot is the same in every episode. So even if you fall asleep, you know what happened. Doug messed up. Carrie was oh, mad. Yeah. Resolution. So it's fine. You guys... There's an Inception moment. I just pulled up YouTube right now because I was going to tell you what I fall asleep to. And our live show is playing <laughs> on YouTube. Oh, and I'm showing it. Oh, my gosh. Inception. <laughs> Dame, what do you listen to? Uh, uh, Rick Steves on PBS. A travel, little travel oh. action there. <laughs> I'm currently on a, a YouTube channel called Dream Noise FM. And... It's various vintage oscillating fans 
that play for eight hours and it has like a hum to it. I'll play it for you right now. Actually, I'm going to have to, I don't, I'm going to have to uh, love me a good Panasonic FG 132 <laughs> oscillating fan. So you're into this too, or are you making no, fun of No, I'm me? totally making fun of you. It's amazing. I can't sleep without it now. You, you know, you could just buy an oscillating fan. Shut up, Dame. I'm not looking for good ideas. <laughs> I kind of want to because I, I, I run hot at night. Yes. That's why I had the shower with cinnamon soap. <sighs> Call back. You missed the show. We started with my shower habits. Okay. Do you guys want to do retirement confidence, tomfoolery, or do you want to do what do you want to do? You would do debt ceiling or do you want to do a news? A debt ceiling, I feel like just run. And we're going to be wrong in like 12 hours. Like, well, I, I don't want to do that. What do you want to do? Debt ceiling, they are going to find uh, a solution, an agreement, uh, whether it's today or whenever, uh, and things will continue on. That will continue to grow, and we'll be right back here in another year, two years, three years, whatever it is, to be used as leverage for whatever parties in power to get more out of it. There's there's your debt ceiling talk. Please. Done. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> okay. Someone wants to get to vacation. Guess we're talking about retirement then. Uh okay. I'll pull up that article. And here it is. Um, let me turn back on my phone not to listen to sleep sounds, oh, but do you uh do you have headphones that you listen to that too or no the, way. The, this makes, everybody get to enjoy. Listen to that too. This the sound only mm-hmm. enters my ear holes. Oh, okay. Ah, yeah. That's so. Yeah, that's great. Consider it. I am a generous partner. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'm sorry. Oh man, we. Oh, I can't tell that story. Okay, let's. Dame, I'll tell you later. Sorry, because I can't even tell you. It's a. I'm sorry. No. Just it's okay. <laughs> Wait, are we talking retirement or the lack of financial independence? Both of those articles. Let's do retirement, yeah. please. Okay. Three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. You know, Gallup recently came out with a survey suggesting that pessimism about retirement has grown a lot this year. It's up 5% or down 5%. Well, pessimism up, optimism down? Sure. Yeah. 43% of non-retired adults think they will have enough money to live comfortably when they retire. Just 43% of people feel like they're going to have enough money to retire comfortably. 43% of people. That's the lowest level for that metric since 2012. It's actually fallen 10 points in the last two years so damn you know this is retirement confidence and retirement ability are uh, two of my favorite topics especially in relation to each other do you feel like this 43 percent first of all is it surprising 43 percent i will say yes i will say that 43 percent is surprising to me and in what way? <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't ask me that. Uh, I think it's surprising me because I think it's accurate. I, I, I think it's pretty close to what the number 
should be that 43% uh, are, should be confident that they could retire comfortably. Was comfortably the word that was used, Pete? Uh, uh, well, uh, confidently. Uh, comfortably. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's close-ish. Kristen? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of surprised. I would have expected the number to be higher than that. Mm-hmm. So here I have a take that is not fun. Um, and this, this is Kristen Dame. This is our wheelhouse. Like that we live and breathe this. Yeah. So I, I have to share some expertise here. It's just uncomfortable. And it's that, most people have no idea how they're doing financially. They just don't. They they, they guess wrong. It's because they use the wrong metrics, as we've okay. talked earlier in the show. I would say that the actual level of people who are actually able to retire comfortably is significantly less than 43% in the year 2023. And here's why. Kristen, have you ever run a marathon? Only a half. Okay, you've run a half. Dame, have you ever run a half marathon? No. Okay, I've run a half marathon. So Kristen, this is just between you and I, boo. Right on. I don't know I said boo. I saw it in a movie. I liked it. White men can't jump too. Kristen, you and I run a half marathon. Let's mm-hmm. say that you're in mile three. Okay. And your hip starts locking up. Yeah. It starts raining. You're running uphill. And the water station has no water. You are in distress. Mm -hmm. Things are bad. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about your ability to finish the race? Not good. At mile three, I should be feeling great. Yeah. So Dame, people just got hit in the face with inflation, the economy at large, fears over the debt ceiling, and a stock market that is not recovered. So isn't it natural that this came down? I'm not saying you're suggesting otherwise, but this the fact that it's gone down 10 points in two years makes a lot of sense because people are running uphill in the rain with a, a side stitch, no? Yeah, no, it totally makes sense that the number has come down. I would argue that those who still feel confident probably are a little bit more in tune with their overall finances mm-hmm. than the people that got shook out that, that came down off of that temper, you know, in that 10% number. So I think the, the number that is reflected now is likely more accurate than, than it otherwise would be because of what we've come through the last three to five years. Kristen, what percentage of people do you believe think they are good dancers? Oh, <laughs> uh, about a third. Okay. Third of people. Dane, mm-hmm. what do you think? Is this people sober or people drunk? <laughs> Whatever. Uh, sober, I think it's probably 20% and drunk, I think it's like 80. <laughs> I, I would argue that it's this, it's 43%. I would argue that 43% of people think they're a good dancer. Okay. And, and, and my point is, it's perception and reality. Bingo. And, and so, first of all, the word comfortable is loaded, and Dame pointed that out too, right? That's a, that's a tough one, because what is comfortable to one isn't comfortable to the other. And sometimes when people think about retirement, they go less than comfortable and accept that as comfortable. Mm-hmm. I just, 
I, I have found when it comes to projecting decades into the future and evaluating stability, that's just really hard to do. And, and your confidence should actually be lower than it is in most cases. Yeah, I hadn't gotten an opportunity to to interject that thought, but I do think it's perception and reality and the decrease since I don't remember what the other 21, date was. Twenty one. Yeah, that that ten percent decrease shows us that though that the people that then didn't report the same level of confidence were not basing that on reality. Because if you're still doing the right things, shouldn't you have the same level of confidence that you can have a comfortable retirement? Dame, okay. Well, here's a different angle to what she just said. And by she, I mean Kristen Alanius, Director of Education at Your Money. Dame, what are the chances that some of those 10% of people fell out are people who are fine? They're just anxious, but they're fine. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's very likely. Well, some of them for sure uh, fell out because of, of anxiety issues around that. But there's gosh, this is such a, such a loaded question uh, on, on a number of fronts. And I, I just don't know how we, how we uh, appropriately account for all this. I mean, we don't even know what the, uh, the, the, uh, the sample was that was taken because if, if I go and ask uh, this question to folks in their thirties, they're probably going to give a completely different answer because of their perspective than somebody who gets asked in their f- mid fifties on this. It's, it's just, I'm looking Such right a, now. A, a weird question. Okay. Oh, ooh, oh. We have data? <clears throat> data time. Mm. All right. Men, who's more confident in their ability oh, to retire? Men. men or women? Men. Men, men at 50%, women 36. Proving yeah. once again, women are smarter than men. Ages 18 to 29, uh, uh, higher than 43% or lower than 43%? Kristen? I'm going to Lower. Lower. Higher. 54%. Wow. That's 30 to 49. Higher or lower than 43%. I will say higher. Lower. Lower. 38%. And 50 to 64. Higher or lower? Oh, higher, but barely. 43% exactly. 39. Okay. So this is where it gets interesting too. Oh, how much time do we have? Enough. Uh, <laughs> lower income folks are at 19%. Really? Middle income folks. And I think this is the category to care about. Mm-hmm. I mean, and not because I don't care about the others because I do, but I, I think it is actually the most indicative of what's going on is 36%. Mm-hmm. And upper income, where I think a lot of overconfidence persists, mm-hmm is 65%. Okay, one last factor. College graduates. Oh. 57%. Not college graduate. 35%. Fascinating. (laughs) Fun with studies. Boop, ba da boop, bop, bop, bop. (laughs) That's the stinger. I didn't have time to put together a stinger. I think we just stole a jingle. Oh, we may have. Okay, here's what we're going to do. After the break, we're going to come back on this show after the commercials. Oh, no. And we're doing biggest waste of money of the week. Damien, we were all off last week and uh, from the show. So you've had two weeks to compile amazing news. You're off next week. Mm. So we're going to make Kristen do the news next week. Man. So this better be an amazing news segment. And I have to say... I may have tripped upon one of my favorite biggest waste of money of the weeks in a while. 
I I feel like they've had high quality bombs this year, high quality, mm-hmm. and this oh, yeah. one is up there. So, Kristen, prepare to embarrass yourself with a bad guess. Yay. Dame, prepare to find something that you looked up earlier this week. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is the Pete the Planner Show. Sometimes the fan noise they'll do like a blended fan noise where it's like several fans and then like a, a radiator like a radiant heat heat and it's like and it's like it's like a chorus and it is it's amazing okay you know where it goes wrong sometimes though is every once in a while an ad will pop up in the middle of the video and so i'm like having a dream about dame like shaving my arm or you know something normal or something and then it's at rent a kill we and it's like what in my ear have you uh have you seen this trend about people taping their mouths shut when have we talked about this on the show i don't know you might have maybe it was a show i wasn't here but no i don't think we have i i've looked into that Mm -hmm. it's interesting very. I think so too. And then I read a scientific study that said it's hogwash, balderdash. But it's a study. I mean, a study can say anything. Stay Pe- up, people think they're forty-three percent of people think they're going to retire on time. Who paid for the study, Pete? <laughs> who paid for the study? So uh, the anti CPAP machine company, Flonase, glue company. No, because they anti-tape. Interesting, Kristen. Would you tape your mouth shut upon going to bed at night? If I thought that I would get higher quality sleep, I would. Dame? I'm interested, but I've got all this stuff around I know. my mouth, and I just don't know how that's going to work. So there was like, and then, of course, once you click on it, then all the ads are served to you. And yeah. like that podcast yeah. was like, I used to use 3M tape. And it's like, <laughs> okay. And then now he uses this like black rubber tape, where they call it hostage tape, hostage right? Hostage tape, yeah. I think it's just kinesiology tape, but I could be wrong. Okay, are you ready for Blom? What time is it? I, I am so ready for oh, Blom. Uh, darn. I'm I, not ready for Blom. I got to get going here. Um, stop it. Jeremiah's at the track. He does, he's not paying attention to us. Today. Good point. Three, two, oh, hold on. Let me do this. Let me just pull it up. Gonna, there it is. Okay, three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner Show is the world's most expensive ice cream. <laughs> it has an unusual ingredient list, including Parmigiano Reggiano cheese, sake kasu, a paste-like substance created during sake production, edible gold leaf, and white truffles sourced exclusively from Alba, Italy. The name comes from those signature white truffles, which can uh, sell for quite the pretty penny. Development took over a year and involved chef Tadayoshi Yamada of Rivi, a French-Japanese restaurant in Osaka, Japan. Nice job. Can I have a timeout here? Yeah. Would you time out for our, our, the good job for the, the pronunciation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I practiced. Here's the side note. Get on Instagram this week. Two of my cousins, who are related to each other, obviously, but not <laughs> brothers, uh, are randomly in Osaka, Japan this week. I was just like, what do you guys do? They're like young and fun, you know, mm, nah. those they, people. Yeah. And they're handsome. Are you sure they're related? Here's to the you? thing. Kristen, have I ever talked to you about my family? 
My Not really. extended family is so attractive. <laughs> so, Dame, have I talked to you? I've talked to you about this, haven't I, Dame? I think it's come up. So attractive. So attractive. And I'm I'm not. So family gatherings are it's like, oh, there's Pete after the the uh industrial accident. That's our cousin Pete. <laughs> Anyway, let's continue. The decadent treat arrives with a metal spoon handmade by Takeuchi craftsmen using techniques and materials taken from temple and shrine construction. This is one scoop, one standard scoop, one which scoop? is four ounces. Oh, no. Four ounces, one scoop of chilato, as they call it. Not gelato. They call it chilato. Um, chilato biochi. Uh, Biakuya ice cream. Uh, so the pronunciation yeah. went to went crap there. <clears throat> yeah. uh, Kristen, how much for a scoop of the world's most expensive ice cream? Oh, my. I don't. I'm standard. So standard crazy. scoops going to be what? Four bucks for ice cream can expensive. So it's like four bucks, maybe a scoop. Dan? Maybe. Three bucks? Sure, I guess maybe in your neck of the woods. Well, it is in my neck of the woods. Uh, Kristen, how much do you think for this scoop? Six hundred dollars. Oof. Ugh. Dame, I have no idea. I, I, I four hundred ninety-five dollars. What if I told you that it is six thousand three hundred and eighty dollars for a scoop of ice cream? That's insane. I mean, it it took a professional chef a year, so I knew it was going to be crazy. But then I thought you were trying to throw me off. It was a whole thing. I, I zoned out the year part because that just looks ridiculous and I'm sure it doesn't taste good to me at all. Dan, what's in the news this week? What if you bought that ice cream after you had COVID and it just doesn't taste like the way the chef envisioned? I mean, there's so much at play here that you know it may taste great to them, but to you it tastes like pete's armpit i don't know <laughs> what it smells like lavender i used a lavender oh, cinnamon use cinnamon today That's oh right. yeah in 2019 hgtv sparked a new era of brady mania with its special a very brady reunion hgtv stars including the series hosts worked alongside the brady bunch cast members who played the six brady kids to meticulously recreate a replica of the original set design inside the legendary home in north hollywood HGTV invested $1.9 million and added 2,000 square feet to the property's original footprint, including a full second story. Standout features in the completed home include the iconic floating staircase, burnt orange and avocado green kitchen, the kids' Jack and Jill bathroom, and a backyard swing set, teeter-totter, and Tiger's doghouse. Though the for-sale house doesn't come with all the decor from the special, the interiors, for the most part, remain untouched since the renovation. Pete, if you haven't seen this thing, it is truly amazing. If you want to walk back in time and get a little hit of nostalgia, check it out. The listing price for the house is... $4 million. Kristen already knows because she's the one that pointed this out to me. $5.5 million to own the Brady house. Great show. Yeah. Top 10 for me. Ooh, think so? I watched a lot of Brady Bunch. I used to dominate at Brady Bunch trivia on the Brady Bunch trivia circuit. <laughs> <laughs> on the circuit. It was a yeah. small circuit. <laughs> 
Does it come with a satin jacket and uh, you know, a big old when logo? It's time on the back? to change. You've got to rearrange. <laughs> That's a song from the Ready Bunch. That was the uh, the one that uh, was it Peter Peter yeah. that had the that was uh, great. Uh, Peter had the the changing the voice. voice. Change, yeah. Time to change. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, what else is in the news? Check fraud might seem old fashioned in the digital area, but it's uh, era. Sorry, era. But it's on the rise as criminal gangs become increasingly sophisticated. Theft of checks mailed through the U.S. Postal Service has jumped significantly over the past 18 months. In 2022, banks filed 680,000 check fraud reports, mm. according to the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network of the Treasury Department. That's almost double the 350,000 fraud reports filed in 2021. In 2018, however, check fraud made up 47% or $1.3 billion of bank fraud losses, a jump from $789 million in 2016. Paper checks are on the decline, but are still widely used. Americans sent 11.2 billion checks in 2021, down 7.2% from 2018. Kristen, when was the last time you sent a check? Oh, here we go. <laughs> I have only sent like two checks in the last like maybe five years, and they were for my HOA because I had no other option. Uh, okay, I get, I get the reason you brought this up. I hand deliver my mortgage payment via check to my bank every month. And I'm okay with that. I have no problem with that. I, I take time out of my busy day as the chief executive officer of a tech company to go pay my mortgage in person. And I will die on that hill for just probably uh, another, how many payments? Probably 65 more payments. Do you get a sucker when you go in? I, I see where you're going with that. I'm the sucker. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Thousands of small-time real estate investors face a wallet-whopping housing bust. Seeking to earn a return without the work of being a landlord, these people invested their money with real estate syndicators who purchase apartment rental buildings using the pooled funds. Once powered by low interest rates and in some parts of the country, rising rents and escalating property values, Many have come under financial pressures and hold properties they can no longer afford. The investors have few legal protections. For example, syndicators in many cases aren't required to regularly update them on buildings' financial performances, and investors have no say over spending. Some who lost their investment never knew the properties were in trouble until they were near foreclosure. Kristen, this goes to our general line of thinking that Real estate is tough and it is way more complicated than most people realize. And trying to find a way to cut corners by being a part of a syndicate don't always work. I full disclosure, I'm not even really sure I know what a syndicate is. You've never watched uh, Mission Impossible Ghost <laughs> Protocol? No. <laughs> The syndicate is a group of criminals worldwide. Is that, or it's different syndicate, Dane? It's, it's similar concepts. It sounds like similar concepts. No. Well, here's the thing. Uh, anytime you hear a commercial, and yes, I realize that commercials will play in one minute, that uh, when something is oversimplified, like real estate or gold or cryptocurrency or uh, protected investments, it's not that it's simple. There's a lot of fine print and it's very difficult. If it's a complicated thing and it's made to seem easy so that it is approachable to you, it is in fact not for you. 
And I think a lot of times with those real estate syndicates, that's what ends up happening. I agree. Circle gets the square. Kristen, you've ever seen Hollywood Squares? Yes. Wow. Okay. Wow. Uh, I, I don't know if you say Happy Memorial Day. I don't. I know. I'm and I mm. respectfully. I don't know what you say. Yeah. Um, but I hope you're able to celebrate and, and remember those we've lost. Um, so anyway, kids, have a good weekend. Sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner. This is Pete the Planner Show. I don't know what you say. You know what I mean? It's a great point. I I'm not sure either. Okay. I'm done. <laughs> good luck. I got something to do. Um, all right, Dame, have a great vacay. Thank you. Kristen. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> See you next week. Uh, all right, everybody else, stay getting money. <laughs>